Thanks for staying. This is still Ghana Connect right here on Joy 99.7 FM. So really important question about whether or not this eighth parliament, given how close the numbers are in parliament, is really living up to the billing. And I have some really exciting minds to join us and have this beautiful conversation. First, I have Jerome who's connecting with us. Jerome is a social activist. He's been, oh, he's been on a roll on Twitter in the past few months, really making some excellent critiques of government, opposition, and state institutions, and has some brilliant perspectives on this matter. Jerome, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much. Uh, good evening to your listeners. It's a pleasure to be here. Right. Philip Sabah has worked in Parliament. He knows the ins and outs over there. Philip joins us in studio. Philip? Yeah, okay, cool, cool. Right. So, Samson Tagbo is also former president of Teacher Training Association of Ghana. He's been in a number of student leadership responsibilities as well. Tagbo, it's, it's, uh, it's good to see you again. Good to see you again, Philip. Right. Mr. Kolo is with Parliamentary Network Africa. In fact, they've been doing some work recently on absenteeism in the House and also the trends in terms of how much bills have been passed in this House. He will join us on Zoom very shortly. Andrew Dari Chiwiti is a member of Parliament for Sola Tunakaba. Honorable. Yes, sir. Right. Honorable has connected with us on phone and will be getting into the conversation shortly. Titus Bayo, you know him very well, very popular medical doctor in Ghana. Immediate past General Secretary of the Ghana Medical Association, currently the NDC parliamentary candidate for Lambushi in the in the northern part of the country. Honorable Titus Bay, you well, I'm adding the honorable ahead of out of getting to <laughs> good, good evening. For with that. Yeah, good evening. Um and thank you for having me. I I, I see that as prophetic. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> right. So we also have George Poku who will be joining us from the US shortly. So these are the gentlemen who are connecting with us for all this important conversation. But we put out a poll, and my colleague Papani will join me shortly to get into the details of this poll. First, on Joy FM, we asked the, the simple question. Eighth Parliament, the West in the Fourth Republic. First Deputy Speaker Joseph Oseusu, do you agree? Yes, no, maybe. 57% say they agree. 36% say they don't agree. While 7% says maybe. Michael Papani will join us shortly for the poll on the Joy News page as well. This is Joy FM. We have an overwhelming 57% saying that they agree that this eighth parliament is turning out to be the worst in the in this in this republic's history. What no is 36%, maybe 7%. Michael, what is the result on Joy News? So Kweku, if you go to Joy News, our Twitter handle, the <coughs> quite a number of responses we have gotten are very close to um, half a thousand, mm. close to 500 people have responded to this particular poll that we put out there. And you have, um, of that number, more than half of them saying that, yes, certainly they believe that this eighth parliament is the worst in the Fourth Republic. And they, they agree, essentially, with the first deputy speaker. And you have just about 36% saying no. And then just seven percent, very much minority, mm. who want to sit out of this particular um, uh, argument. But if you go down and look at the comments okay. that have come and, through, and Michael, we'll, we'll get into the, those comments just about getting to the tailor. But now, okay. I just want to get right into my guests who have joined me in Zoom and in the studio. And gentlemen, we want this to be as conversational as possible. Let's chip in wherever we think we can, and if someone makes a point, we can get in. The MP is on. We also have one person who's aspiring to be a member of Parliament. But I want to start from Parliament itself. They are the ones that this flame is hitting. So let me start from Andrew Darichi with the Honorable, do you agree yes, 
that this eighth parliament, and you've been an MP in the previous parliament as well, this eighth parliament is turning out to be the worst because especially you guys in the minority just cuttling government business. Uh, good evening to uh, our listeners and good evening to my colleagues uh, who are connected to this program. I, I don't know the angle the president guy is coming from, uh, but for me, I don't, I don't agree. Uh, we cannot describe this parliament to be the worst parliament. We have, we have uh, considered some bills. We have uh, made a lot of progress in the activities of parliament. And, and, and so one cannot just conclude that it is uh, the worst uh, ever parliament. Uh, like I said, I don't know the angle he's coming from. But if, if, if in terms of uh, the numbers, especially with uh, the numbers being 137, 137, it is a fact that uh, the government of the day is not able to push through certain uh, policies that they think would favor their party. Yeah, we, we see some of the policies that they want to, 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 to bring in certain times. We look at them to be things that will favor only the party. We are looking at the generality of the country. And so if we don't agree with certain policies that they are pushing through, then they see as to be a problem. And probably the first speaker being a member of the MPP would uh, sit at an angle and then look at the minority to be a problem. But you see, if the first speaker thinks that this parliament has failed, then he has also contributed to the failure of the parliament because he's a member of parliament and he is a leader. And, and, and so, uh, Especially when they are pushing the blame on the, 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 the minority. You see, what pushed him to say that the other day, for instance, was the issue that was raised regarding the quorum. If he is basing on issues like that and to, 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 to claim that this is the West Parliament, then it should be blamed because they have 137. Their leadership, the leadership of the NPP in Parliament, probably would be the people that he's describing to, 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 to be failing. Because it's their duty as leaders in parliament from the government side to ensure that members come to parliament and help do government business. And so if you are in government, then you are not able to match people to come into the chamber and then do government business. Then if you describe uh, parliament as a failure, then you should be, you, you should be, you should be accessed. Hmm. You see... I'll come back to you on that point. I just wanted to take... Preliminary comments on on this comment. Very interesting All perspective right. shared. All right. All right. I'll, I'll get All right. to him. But Jerome, you're joining us on Zoom. What is your view on this matter? I would say that when, in, in order to judge anything, um, it's a matter of comparing expectations with the actual outcome. And when we had the election in 2020, and the outcome was that for the very first time in the history of the country, as far as I'm concerned, we had a parliament where the numbers were almost uh, matched in, in the sense that in fact the numbers were matched. There was only one independent candidate, um, independent parliamentarian who decided to caucus with the MPP. And that was the only separation uh, between the majority and the minority in the House. And so the expectation was that for the first time we had a parliament that was not going to just rubber stamp legislation, uh, that was going to um, ensure that the executive um, was held to account 
and that was going to ensure that there would have to be a consensus building. There would have to be consensus building in order for any bill to be passed. And so the expectations were high that we were going to have a, legisl uh, a, a, a parliament parliamentary body that was actually going to hold the executive to account. So that was the expectation. What has the reality been? The reality is that in this parliament, we have seen bills which were extremely unpopular by any measure uh, among the citizenry. Those bills have been passed. And I am talking about parliament as a body. So this is not about what the minority has done or what the majority has done. This is judging parliament and the expectations we had for it. We had high expectations that the numbers were going to count, but we have seen unpopular legislations passed. For example, the E-Levy has passed, and um, we had several um, tax bills passing from the excise uh, amendment to the um, uh, Ghana Revenue Authority amendment, introducing taxes that are unpopular, and yet still they passed. And another important issue is that for the first time in the history of the country, unless I'm mistaken, we had the government restructure domestic debt. And we did not even see enough agitation. There was some agitation, but to me, we did not see enough agitation that such a significant policy be brought to parliament for the people's representatives to scrutinize the agreements, to take um, the views of the people who elected them, to find out what they thought about it, and to find out whether there was a better way we could go around the debt restructuring. Mm. And okay. so we essentially had a debt restructuring, which was all the um, which was brought by the executive, mm. and essentially the executive carried this significant policy where they are revising agreements they essentially have with the citizenry. Well, I mean, without without recourse to parliament and all that. I mean, good point there, Jerome. I will come back to you. Something there's there's a big conversation, and two persons have spoken. The honourable member of parliament clearly disagrees that this parliament has been the worst. We had Jerome who has really given a, 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 a both-sided argument as to the expectations and where things are currently. Where do you stand? All right, so, Kweku, uh, I think that um, it is expected of the Honorable Member of Parliament uh, to take the position that he had assumed in his um, submission, uh, simply because he is part of the Eighth Parliament and any failure that is labeled on that parliament, he is going to be part of it. So as human as we are, once you are part of the architecture, you would love to defend it when necessary. So I agree with him uh, when he assumed that position. But really, if we scale out the issues and interrogate it uh, objectively, you would want to consider the eighth parliament from its composition in terms of the numerical strength of both parties and the leadership of the house proper 
then you also consider what they have done over the period under review. This is a parliament that shares equal numerical strength in terms of their representation. 137 MPs for, for the majority MPs and 137 for the minority. The only advantage to the majority is that the independent MP decided to caucus with them uh, in parliament. Now you have a leader who is a speaker of parliament coming from the opposition party, the NDC. That is to say that for the first time we are witnessing a situation where the government of the day does not have one of their own to be the leader of the house. Fast forward, we have equally witnessed some number of uh, decisions or bills passed in parliament that otherwise the ordinary Ghanaians would expect that, look, given the setup of the parliament, these bills should not go through. For example, my brother Jerome made mention of the e-levy. When the e-levy was first proposed, you and I were in this country amidst the generality of the Ghanaian populace. There were outcry out there that, look, we are already in a very unhealthy economy. There is no need to overburden the already suffering Ghanaian with that bill. We made a lot of noise, but our noises could not go as far as the decision in Parliament. Our only solace at the time was that, look, the NDC MPs, with their strength, will oppose with every strength at their disposal the bill that was laid before Parliament. But what did we see at the end of the day? The e-levy was passed and Ghanaians began paying and we still continue to pay. So if you look at that particular example, you cannot say that indeed we are yielding the expected dividends from the equal strength of Parliament when you consider their number. Then again... Uh, something I'll, I'll, I'll return to you. I think that I see that you are building a good point about that, but I just want to take that off Philip Sabah as well. Yeah, yeah, Kuku, um, you know, you, you look at some of these things happening and uh, you see, we, we grew up knowing or learning from school the the, the concepts of separation of powers where we feel that all the arms of government must be separate in whatever that they are doing. They, they must be bodies that will not, any other body will not have influence on. But what do we see? Um, Samson, uh, Samson was uh, mentioning the numerical num uh, value of parliament. You see, those things are there. But I think both parties that we have in parliament, they, they, are, they are looking, they are not having they are not doing something that we could see clearly that is a national interest. You see MPP and NDC playing clear partisan politics in parliament. And I think that that's been a big problem to we, the Ghanaians, because you, you expect parliament to be so independent. You want the judiciary also, and you want the executive. But you see, what, what do we see? We have instances, several instances in Ghana. You, the last time, NDC um, issued a communicate to the members of parliament to kick against something in parliament. You see the direct influence, and you see the executive also calling that the, the members of parliament to do this the last time that even um, the mpp mps i think over 98 of them uh, came together to say they demand the resignation of um of Oriata. you realize that the president who is the head of the executive called them and and cautioned them to what to do and and you see there was a whole lot of change a lot of Ghanaians would have been expecting that there could be a time where we will have a parliament that will be so independent take a decision void of influence from executive or any other any other body so you see both the partisan politics being played in parliament of course people got into parliament on party uh, partisan tickets uh, they are mpp and ndc which they will have the interest of the people are have but when you look into what they are supposed to do in parliament you see that there are a lot of partisan politics being played out there that is what is affecting us largely as Ghanaians. clement let, let me hear from you 
you are muted if you can unmute yes all right um thank you so much um our current parliament should say that a lot of us had a lot of hope in um, the parliament that we're going to have um, um better things going for uh, us in parliament but it appears that uh, that particular um hope that we have is waning more than halfway into uh, the life of this parliament and currently some of us have started rewriting our scripts and thinking that um, what we expected of this parliament is not going to happen and but on the same level we also think that maybe because it hasn't happened like this before um the tensions have gotten so high because the two main political parties because they have the same strength in the house now they want to uh, weigh each other and see how they will be able to cope with each other but it's, it's also long overdue and but we think for now um the eighth parliament has not really proven itself to be what we thought out to be mm. so it has not really lived up to expectation yet well, so, so uh, doc dr dr titles bay you this is this is not a parliament you're contesting for if you win you'll be going into the ninth parliament but will this be a kind of parliament that you would aspire to be in given all that we've seen there almost seems to be some kind of consensus around the table apart from the honorable member of parliament who has spoken that hmm, this parliament probably could do better um yeah thank you so much good evening to our listeners and then to my co-panelists i think the current parliament we have is unique uh, in our 30 years of parliamentary history, this is the first time that we are having this kind of parliament. So, and with every new thing comes very painful lessons to learn and challenges that come with it. And I think that is what is happening now. Uh, unfortunately, it appears to me that the environment looks very toxic. Um, there are perceptions of persecutions here and there, and therefore that destroys the cooperation and collaboration. This said, I would also admit that there are issues where Parliament has collaborated on. So if you ask me if this is the kind of Parliament I want to serve in, uh, well, I'm hopeful that I will get to Parliament, but I'm hopeful that by the time I get to Parliament, His Excellency John Jermaine Mahama will be President, the NDC will win with an overwhelming majority in parliament um, so that this will not happen. But in the unlikely event that we get another hung parliament, I'm also optimistic that the lessons do painful would have been learned from this current experience we are going through so that going forward, um, collaboration will be better. I would think that the burden to ensure cooperation and collaboration lies more with the majority and the executive side uh, because it is in their supreme interest to ensure that government business is uh, prosecuted. Um, in that light, I would think that they will go the extra mile to try and build more of the consensus than I'm currently seeing. So I'm just hopeful that lessons are being learned carefully um, so that should we have this kind of parliament again? And I'm sure even they'll correct it in this current parliament before we get to the ninth parliament, so that the Ghanaian people can continue to have confidence in the parliamentary democracy we are practicing. Because we don't have 
a better alternative as of now. I mean, very interesting. So, um, Honorable Chiwite, it's, it, it appears now you are the only person who's really very confident about this eighth parliament. All of my guests have expressed some reservations about how this parliament has gone away. How do you respond to some of the issues they've all raised? Uh, for me, I think the public is, uh, like the, 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 the first said, the public is over-relying on parliament. Uh, they certainly think that everything should be done by uh, the parliamentarians. But I think that we also need the citizenry to support whatever the parliamentarians do. Um, it's, it's not just about the 137 people. We represent all the constituencies. And so sometimes when issues come up and then you see the minority insisting and we, we are not succeeding, we need people like you and uh, all those uh, speaking this evening to back us to succeed. You see, uh, the first speaker talked about uh, this e-levy issue. The minority made a lot of issues out of it. We made so much noise, we resisted, and that was how we even got it reduced. And so at that point, we needed the whole Ghana to come with us, but we didn't have that. So it was like, it was only the minority that was fighting it. And even at the point, it became like we don't want government to succeed. And so for me, we should not rely on only parliament. We are your mouthpiece. We speak for you. We act for you. But if you see that our strength alone is not Honorable is mentioning that uh, you needed um, Ghanaians to come along with them. But you don't have Ghanaians voting in parliament. It is voting in parliament no, is clearly no, a duty no, of them. Um, you, you know, see, sometimes see. NDC MPs may want us to feel, or the largely they make us feel that um, they are calling for the, the side of Ghanaians. They are, they are uh, actually sim yeah, on the side of Ghanaians. But you see, when the, when the I think there was a litmus in parliament where they were calling for something, they went for what? Private elections. They went for secret voting. The and you saw, you saw the minority MPs, a lot of them endorsing the decision. When, meanwhile, they come outside and call for sympathy that no, we are actually no, on the no, side no, of no. Ghanaians. But the there was a litmus. And we saw how, one, how they failed us. It, it wasn't done the way you are talking about. We, that one, we even needed people, like, like I said, you, you see, sometimes when the public resists, government will even at a point stop, or government will even at a point uh, uh, rescind the decision of uh, continuing with, with whatever policy they want to continue with. But if they, they see the resistance to come from only the opposition members of parliament, they think that we are only being uh, partisan. And so that's why I'm saying so. So sometimes we need you people, we need uh, the chiefs, we need the uh, religious leaders, the CSOs, we need every, every, every individual in Ghana to come on board. Um, like I, 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 I indicated, we, 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 we speak for you, but we are not the final say. When it comes to the voting, we can even vote to take a decision. But if we have all of you disagreeing and pushing the government, the government will, will make a change. But sometimes when it is only the opposition members in parliament... I, 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 I think that the honourable member would have to consider some of the uh, decisions in parliament to build uh, his argument so that we can uh, be on the same wavelength with him. Because, uh, for example, when the appointment committee vetted the re-nominated uh, you know, uh, members of parliament to be approved uh, for ministers and whatnot, uh, you hear the generality of Ghanaians saying that, look, some of these people who were up for approval should be voted against. Reasons being that, in their previous engagement, 
they superintended over some activities that we considered to be so uncomfortable to uh, Ghanaians. For example, in the Ayawasu West Wagon by election, we had a minister at the time in charge of security whose leadership mayhems were unleashed on, on, on Ghanaians who queued to vote in that by-election. And, other and the member of parliament, parliament was yes. equally affected. Sure. In the si situation of uh, the Honorable Hawa Kunsum, we all witnessed the gunshots that she was involved in all of that. And so, when the appointment committee vetted these nominees, Ghanaians all over the country were up in their arms and, and said that, look, we are extremely doubtful about the way these people had carried out their, uh, you know, leadership in the previous parliament. That is the seventh parliament. And for that matter, yeah. we needed you to vote against these people. But when they went into the voting, what was the outcome? You realize yes. that these ap appointees or nominees had in excess of their 137. So in this situation, in this situation, whom should we blame? Is it the Ghanaians yes. that didn't uh, come with the Elsewhere, elsewhere we, have, we have people, we have citizens coming out with placards indicating their position strongly to the government. But in Ghana, that's not the case. Honorable, we saw a like few I of said, that. We, we've seen yes, a few of that sometimes. We, we, uh, elsewhere, members of parliament will vote, but we also have citizens coming out with placards demonstrating and telling the government or telling the president that after, this after, particular after, person you are appointing, we don't want yes, him or her. But voted, in Ghana, it doesn't happen. Be, they have voted to pass a tax and we are supposed to pay. Let's come with placards and see we will not pay. No, even even before the voting, even before the voting, we will have people disagreeing and then coming out demonstrating. But do we have that happen in Ghana? No. So, so gentlemen on Zoom, we want this to be as conversational as possible. You can come in. Jerome, you, you I mean, so, so I, I, I yeah. Okay. Let let Jerome come in and after that I'll make no, a no, point. No, let me hear you first. Doc, let Dr. Bayou. Uh, Jerome, go ahead. Yes. Uh, I, I, am, I, am I still there? Yes, Honorable, you are still there, but I want to hear from Jerome. Jerome, you are making a point. Hello, Jerome, yes. can you unmute? Uh, yes, I would say uh, what I would want to chip in is that um, Ghanaians have supported um, Parliament um, because it was very clear that uh, policies like the E-Levy were unpopular. Um, I remember even when it was announced, we had a sort of mini demonstration from um, Fix the Country. I think they even tried to uh, enter parliament or they, they had a protest outside of parliament or something like that. And we've had, I mean, several instances of uh, people like Kuta, um, people like AGI, um, the traders, I think traders even went on stri on strike for a day. Some traders in Kumasi locked their shops. So people have expressed their dissatisfaction with um, some of government's policies. So it's more like uh, people have just been quiet and left the fight to the minority um, only to, to, to essentially um, um, oppose some of the unpopular policies. Doc, but, Dr. Bayou. Yes, um, so um, thank you. I just wanted to add that what is happening now is that the expectation of the Ghanaian is not being met by parliament. For the very first time in our democracy, we had this hung parliament. And it raised so much expectation of all of us that 
some proper accountability will be ensured that we see a lot of policies that are not popular with the generality of the people being opposed unfortunately it doesn't seem to be the case and i can really understand but i think one of them is that the expectations perhaps were a bit too much because the same politicians the same parties uh what has happened is just that at this point Ghanaians wanted them to throw a different line, which is we didn't want one side to have a majority and rubber stamp everything that they wanted. But I'm not sure that uh, the parliament has been able to live up to that expectation. Maybe our expectation was a bit too high. And I think that it's a learning process for the current parliament and for everybody who's interested in our, our, our politics of this country. The last point I also want to make on this same issue is that Honorable has a point in saying that Ghanaians are not... You can see from a lot of our issues that we are not angry enough. This morning you were asking on Joy FM, why has the middle class gone quiet? One of the explanations is that people who come out to defend this country, come out to make a lot of noise in the interest of the country, when they appear to be persecuted, people do not show enough anger in support of them. You would ask yourself, okay, so the people I'm sacrificing so much when I land myself in trouble, what support do I get from that um, these people? We would admit that, yes, some people have come out, some of whom maybe had their own interests and their interests were, their interests were met and therefore they have gone quiet. But there are people who are still making noise on behalf of the generality of the people. When these people come under attacks, how do Ghanaians respond? We have a current system where the culture of silence is growing. Have we demonstrated enough anger as Ghanaians to this culture of silence? I don't think so. So I would agree with Honorable that there is that point that I don't think the masses of Ghanaians have demonstrated enough anger when some of these things have happened. Yes, our expectations to have not been met by Parliament. So on both sides, I think we all have much to do. And I think that the lessons must be learned so that going into the next parliament, or maybe sooner even in this parliament, proper consensus can be built and people can leave, um, parliamentarians can live up to the expectation of the citizenry. Thank you. Uh, I mean, very interesting. And this, uh, this is a good point to bring in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If I can come in. Yeah, Clement, you can uh, come in, but let, let me listen to yeah. you shortly. All right. Okay. You see, what I want to say is that you see, we, 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 we are in a system that is so terrible because uh, we have a government that does not listen to the citizenry. And then in parliament to leadership, leadership, leadership. Because uh, you see, consensus doesn't only come through negotiations. And so if we have a government that thinks that whatever I want to, uh, to implement must, must go through, that is the challenge we see. We have a leadership that thinks that I don't even care whether you are 137 or 137, but whatever policy I want to push through must go through. And so, uh, like we all said, this is the time for us to turn around. Probably uh, the first speaker will have to start talking to uh, Honorable Chairman and Co. Let them know that we have equal numbers in the chamber. The only difference is because of the second deputy speaker. And so we need to speak with one voice, we need to realize that we are representing millions of people, and at the end of the day, we should be working at making the people that we need comfortable. Until we begin to realize this, we would 
have these extreme positions, and then the masses will suffer. And the masses suffer. I want to bring in Anampansa Isaac before I bring you um, Clementine. You have a point to make. I mean, Anampansa connecting with us. You have you have real experience with the system in the United Kingdom, in the United States also. For instance, MPs go to their constituencies to do surgeries. They go there to seek the views of their persons, and they bring it back. We don't seem to see that here. Does that does that point bring in? Why there's that feeling that MPs are not really representing their constituents' interests? Adam Panza, if you can unmute. Isaac. Okay, uh, thank you, Kuku. Um, sorry for joining the, the, the free lead, but I, I was held up in some traffic and all those things. Um, so, Kuku, <clears throat> my thoughts on it is that our system has not been properly um, put in a place when we can say that it is mature, it's still a fledgling democracy. And so your question hits the point that uh, trying to compare apples to uh, something else. But in our case, our democracy is still developing and it has not gotten to the stage where we can corrupt shoulders with the likes of the UK's, uh, the US and what have you. So mostly when people stand on the ticket of a political party and they get elected into parliament, they go into parliament with um, representing largely their self-entrenched interests. So what I mean is that because if you look at the processes that leads to them being elected into uh, the representative house, that is parliament, they, they, they spend a lot of money and uh, they get a lot of sponsors coming in place to sponsor their activities and what have you. In our system, there's no checks on how someone funds this campaign. As far as you have the money and you are ready to roll out a campaign, people embrace you and they vote for you. People forget in the sense that when these people get there, they find means and ways to recoup their sort of quote-unquote investment and even try uh, to an extent try to get profit out of it. So when they go into the House of Representatives, they don't represent purely the interest of the people, which is very disappointing because as at this point in time, people go there with a sole mandate to only see what they can get for themselves and maybe their extended family or even their nuclear family. So, I mean, you, you are not wrong entirely when you say people go into this uh, office with the sole motive of representing their interest. And I want to cite a, a concrete example to that effect. You recall when uh, the time was due for these um, ministers to be approved. I mean, you 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 had the likes of many Ghanaians saying that oh, there's a need for us to I mean resent uh, some of the appointees, the appointees and what have you. But when they were met with a ballot box in Parliament to cast their votes, I mean, we saw that the interest of the individual representing the entire constituency was speaking that individual you spoke really interesting points that anampan Isaac make there about mps representing their own i mean their own interest and not that of their constituent and a lot no, of those I, comments I that are coming in on social media like that. yeah honorable you don't agree I, i'll come no I'll, i don't I'll, I'll come i'll come to you shortly but real good comments coming on social media Let, let's take some of them <laughs> Thank you. 
Michael Papani actually joins me with comment. Mike, Michael, let me take this. This one says, the first deputy speaker was not entirely factual. The eighth parliament was supposed to make the majority more mobile, more conscious, rich inside. But they are still behaving like it was in the past when they had overwhelming numbers. This time around, you cannot disrespect the minority. This is Simon. He's the dean of the parliamentary press corps. Salam Dramani says, please tell the MP on the line that members of Justice for Ghana have consistently fought against obnoxious policies by the executive, such as the E-Levy. We picketed parliament for eight consecutive days. 21st December last year, we demonstrated and picketed against the 81 million EMA for the construction of the National Cathedral and the tax bills, but they all went through. There's a Salam Dramani selling me that. Michael? Yeah, let's go to Twitter now. And just under our, our the Twitter poll that we put on this on the Joy News platform, it says, uh, this one is from Kofi Tio. It says, how is it worse? Is it because the minority oppose the e-levy or because the government do not have their way as usual? I think we should have more of these. One party r controls the executive and the other legislature. And on WhatsApp though, uh, this one from Nat all the way from Matahiko, he says, I don't think this parliament is failing because of the numbers, which is the first time we are experiencing in parliament and the entrenched position on both sides is making it look like that's a failure. We should not look at only the number of bills passed but also the quality of the bills um nat thank you very much for them. some more on um tweet, uh, from whatsapp those some of you have been connecting with us uh, let me go ahead says well let me, this one here is coming from dakuman yeah it says citizens have been very sluggish in their role in the democracy and the politicians are capitalizing on it to turn our democracy into a money making machine for themselves and i guess that's because of what was happening today and we need to march and confront our leaders anytime they try to exploit us and the system for their benefits yeah, need. thank you let's take one last one michael on whatsapp real and a lot of comments coming in there on on, on the yeah yeah so in Newtown, Tama Newtown, Nikojo says that political parties are just using Ghanaians for their gains. The youth must rise up. Thank you very much for that. I guess looking at some of them, if we want to read all the messages that we have, real, we will finish today. Real good comments coming in. So, I mean, it's time to come around the table again as we wrap up the conversation. Honorable, you've You've, uh, is it fair to say you've had a beating around this table because there are a lot of people who have said that they don't agree with you. But you were making the point about that point the last guest made that you did not agree with before we went for social media comments. Yes, uh, the, the fact is that uh, with the approval of the ministers, uh, we shouldn't forget that we are human beings and we, we, we build relationships with others. It doesn't matter the political party you belong to. It doesn't matter how you look. Even, you even, see, even, as you uh, say, Anne Roberts uh, 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 are loved by their family members. You see, this and is so sometimes when it comes to, to approval of ministers, it is kind of a different thing altogether. When, when we, we say that Parliament has failed, for example, in approving those ministers in question, it is not about their persons in question. It is about what they have done in the past and how it has affected the democracy of this country. We're talking about a security minister under, who, under whose leadership political parties unleash men's using vigilantes and what have you and you still want to keep that person at post then we turn around to complain that this person is sleeping on his job and so if you go to vote and you say that look i have a personal relationship with this person then you must think beyond that to say that look the person's output in terms of where he's been placed as a leader 
it's not favorable with what the generality of Ghanaians are saying. And so you must move beyond just considering the person as a, a human being to what he has done over the period to decide on and, whether and or so, not he should so continue. Why, so in that circumstances, you realize that. Look, 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 we are not really considering what the people, you know, giving the responsibilities are doing, but rather our friendship. Right. The president shouldn't have even nominated that person at all. But here's the case the president nominated him. And so you see, that's what I'm saying, that we have people who have relationships with others, no matter how bad they are. Personally, personally, you wouldn't get me voting for something that my party doesn't agree with, something that my concern that, you know, do not agree with. But we have individuals who think that their relationship matter more than their party decision or their, their concern decisions. And so in the first place, when the president nominated that person, Ghanaians should have disagreed with the president by demonstrating strongly and making the president receive his decision. Yes, the case we only spoke. We didn't act. And so the president allowed him to pass. You see, you see I, I don't know if we'll have time to be talking about this, but before, before I won't get the time to talk about this again, you see, I don't see the reason why we are even having this conversation at the first point. Why would the first deputy speaker come out with something like this when there is the root cause of the problem and he, as member of parliament and part of leadership, is not looking at the solution? We had parliament, uh, I think, two, three weeks ago that about 100 minor, uh, majority MPs left to follow Baumia to go and file nomination. And what did they do to that? that what did the them. deputy minority speaker, who is a part of the leadership of MPP, what did he do about that? You you have the root cause in your room and you are outside now bringing saying something to spark a media conversation. I think that largely what someone said that Ghanaians are not angry enough. And I think sometimes to understand uh, the media is not also helping to sometimes uh, touch on some of these things. Mm. If the if the energy media puts on former presidents Mahama and all those well, well, you can do about fifty percent right. onto this. Uh, I think there's as a I, 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 I can't Dr. Bayo wants to say something. So Philip, hold on. Let me listen to Dr. Bayo. Let me just talk about this expectation matter. I think that the Ghanaians had the expectation a little too high, including myself. But no, a lot of this expectation was not on the majority per se, it was on the minority. For the minority to hold the majority um, down, because coming from the seventh parliament, we saw a lot of the things that happened there, where uh, the majority had, I mean, an overwhelming majority, and they could do a lot of things. So when this particular opportunity came and the ma minority was at par with the, with the government of the day, we expected a lot from the minority, not the whole, whole parliament, as it is, uh, uh, um, uh, to say. But the minority also shot themselves in the foot by not uh, by falling short of um, that particular uh, situation where the levy situation came and the ministerial appointment came, and they could not deliver. That was oh, because they could not deliver. I, I see. I see that Doctor Doctor Tatos Bay want to say something. Delivering the goods that is supposed to deliver, but when you look at, if you ask me independently, I think that this is the kind of parliament that we need. And going forward, because we are learning the lesson, maybe going forward we will not understand that parliament is not supposed to behave the way it was behaving in the past. But there should be a lot more scrutiny that we should have the minority actually scrutinizing everything that the the, the executive will bring in. Because the minority must rein in 
on the power of the executive. They, they must do so. And, and this is where I want to bring in Dr. Titus Bayo to wrap up the conversation for us. Dr. Titus Bayo, there's a parliament you'll be seeking to enter in the, in the, the ninth parliament. If God is on your side and you win, what is the way forward? How should both sides work in parliament? Um, my quick submission on the way forward is that I think the lessons have been quickly learned. And those who need to, and I don't think we need to wait to the ninth parliament to correct this. The first one is that I think the majority leadership must recognize the reality that things are not as they were before and learn how to build a better consensus. Second thing is that Ghanaians told the parliamentarians that we want parliament to be in control. What we are seeing from today is that electing a hung parliament is not enough to give the kind of check and balances we want. The Ghanaian people must be angry enough when things are not all right. We must demonstrate that anger and show it in the strongest terms that we can. And then the minority side of parliament today must know also that the expectation that is upon them is high. And that expectation is that we must take decisions in the collective interest of the nation and the generality of the population, and not based so much on our personal relationships. We should focus on what the nation is asking us to do. Ghanaians presented a surprise to the politicians, and the surprise was that we gave them a new a hand parliament, which we've never had in 30 years, and I think it's not been handled in the best of ways. So, and correct this. Thank you. Uh, this is the only parliament where governments must consider uh, cooperation in order to achieve uh, all their businesses rather than confrontation. Again, this is a parliament where we do not even have a total representation for some people of the country. And I'm talking about the people of SAR, Central Kofi, Akpafu, Lulubi, and Likbe. And so clearly, if you look at this parliament and the expectations, from them, they have not lived up to that expectation. And it is largely because of the confrontation from government thinking that they are still having the 169 MPs in the seventh parliament where they can bulldoze their way through all the processes. It is time that they wake up to the reality that, look, we do not have any, uh, you know, advantage over the other side of the aisle. And for that matter, cooperation will yield us a better good than confrontation. And on that note, I am also suggesting that government should listen to all the calls that are put forward so far by Ghanaians on issues. For example, the ongoing, uh, you know, criminal prosecution of the Asim North MP. When a lot of people say that, look, this is not in the interest of Ghanaians. If the man is in prison for the offenses that are, you know, uh, charged so far, what is going to be the gain? For the ordinary Ghanaian who is confronted with economic issues, hardships, unemployment, or what have you. And so just as the venerable uh, Domaini, you know, uh, cautioned or advised, the, the, the Attorney General, acting on the advice of the President, should enter only prosecutor and end the matter. We are looking at a situation we, where we, Parliament... We have a very arrogant government at the... At the, at the at exactly. At the, and I agree with you. We have a government very, very, that thinks that very arrogant, you know? the, the eighth Parliament can still do business with them as it was in the case of the seventh Parliament. But this is a Parliament where there is, there is no balance of convenience tilted towards you as a government. So you should be interested in having everybody around the table and say that, look, 
we do not have any advantage over you but we want government business to thrive we want representation in parliament to debate on topical issues that affect the day-to-day -day living conditions of the Ghanaians that you so represent and so let's cooperate and i think that they should listen to good advice and cooperate so and that stop the arrogant posture uh, i mean very 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 interesting i mean and the one tough thing about that matter right um, interesting, interesting perspectives. I mean, coming in, Ecos Karanan gives out this message. He says, Listening to you live in the parliament newsroom, this eighth parliament has really helped us. Just imagine if these NDP guys had an absolute majority. Just imagine, Kweku. That is Ecos Karanan's message. So, this is how we wrap up on Ghana Connect tonight. Very interesting views that have been shared by my guests. You've heard from Dr. Titus Bayo, Isaac Kanan Pansa, Philip Saba, Samson Tagbo, Mr. Kolo, Andrew Darichi, with a member of parliament, and Titus. Be your former general secretary of the Ghana Medical Association. We are bringing to you a playback of the library by Andy Dusty. Weekend Wema will start at 9 p.m. tonight. My name is Kweku Asante. We'll be back again same time next week.